It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm James Erpine. It is great to be with you on a Wednesday on Twitter at James Erpine at Locked On Reds. Subscribe, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcast. You can check us out at LockedOnReds.com. Every podcast posted there, plus series previews and so much more. And uh, just a quick update because as I record this, the Reds are playing the Cardinals right now at uh, Great American Ballpark. It's funny, I was downtown for uh, Bengals Open Locker Room today, right when the Reds were starting. Give you a, a, an update on that score. It's 2-1 to one right now. The Reds winning, looking for their 45th win of the season. They come in at 44-57 and 57 on the year. They've dropped 4 of 5 since the All-Star break. Scooter Jeanette started 0 of 15 in this uh, post-All-Star break. Uh, series plus now, almost two series in the books for the Reds since the All-Star break. And here's the thing. He got his first hit today. So maybe it's a sign of things to come. Uh, Joey Votto struggling still a bit. Eugenio Suarez continues to hit, hit, hit. Had a two-run home run today. So we'll see if the Reds can handle uh, business against the Cardinals. And uh, if not, well, let, let's be honest. Let's call it what it is. The Reds are doing what? I predicted they would do, and I'm not patting myself on the back, but the reality is is that it's going to be a roller coaster. This Reds team, as close as it felt like they were to being uh, a legitimate playoff contender, or maybe not this season, but flashing that, I knew it would come back around. I knew there would be some games where it was the other way. I knew there would be a streak where Scooter Jeanette struggles some, where guys like Jesse Winker and Scott Shebler go down. By the way, Philip Irvin yesterday made some really nice plays in right field, and I like what I saw from him. Here's the reality. If I'm the Reds, if I'm the Reds' front office, I my plan has not changed, and it won't change regardless. And, and the reason I was like, I was going to wait for the result of today's game, but it shouldn't change. The plan shouldn't change based on a 10-game sample or a 15-game sample. Oh, but James, if you throw out the first 18 games and you carry the two and divide the one and multiply it by seven, no. This team is flawed. This team, there there needs to be changes this offseason. They can't be afraid to continue the rebuild. The Reds front office can't be afraid of that because the reality is, is this team is 13 games under 500. The reality is that even though we were feeling good going into the All-Star break, Scooter Jeanette, as of right now, as I record this, is one of 16. And the more information you get, it should change things, right? You should take all the info, all the sample sizes, et cetera. What if Scooter Jeanette hits, and I had this conversation during the All-Star break with Mo Egger. We host a show together every single weekday, noon to one, on ESPN 1530, and we talked about whether or not Scooter Jeanette would hit over 300. And he was hitting 326 at the break. He would have to hit, Mo did the math, I think it was 259 the rest of the way to hit above 300. And I said, well, damn, he better hit that if he doesn't hit 300 for the year and take such a step back that he's a right around 300 or below it after a 259 offseason or a 259 second half. I don't know if you can extend him. <laughs> I don't know if you should extend him. 
and that's the reality is what we're getting is a bunch of different sample sizes. If the Reds lose today, they're going to start out losing five of six. If the Reds lose today, they're going to be 15 games under 500. Remember when we were excited that they got within 10 games of 500 at the break? The reality is, is that this team is farther away than they showed for a month, month and a half. They were playing really good baseball, but they stayed injury-free. They were getting something from Matt Harvey that I'm not sure is sustainable, and that's why I would trade Harvey the moment you can, as long as you can get something decently, mildly, kind of valuable. I, I really, I looking back at Sunday, the more I think about it, the more people I've talked to, it was such a bad, and, and I know I talked about this on Monday's podcast, it was just such a bad look. It just stinks because there's no way a contender is going to look at that and say, oh, that's just an outlier. No, that's what Matt Harvey was in New York. And, and he reared his ugly head here in Cincinnati the other night. We'll see if he can uh, recover in, in his next start. But this team is very much a young building roller coaster. They're going up and down and all around, and that's what they're going to do for the rest of the year. I don't know how many games they're going to win. There's 70 wins in that range. I, I'd feel comfortable saying that. But that isn't enough. <laughs> it's not enough. And what they need to do, in my mind, is make necessary moves, trades that may impact the way fans look at you now. Let's say they traded away Scooter Jeanette. The, even the most casual fan would be like, what the hell are the Reds doing? My dad mentioned Scooter Jeanette, Jeanette to me over the weekend. My dad does not follow Major League Baseball closely. He does not follow the Reds closely. He's a very, he's the most casual of fans. Like if he knows a player, it's because they're a fan favorite. You know the other one he, he knows really well? He obviously knows Votto. He knows Votto, he knows Scooter Jeanette, and he knows Billy Hamilton because Billy Hamilton's another fan favorite. And he walked today, and he made some good plays in the outfield like he always does. And Billy Hamilton is, is one of those fan favorites. But just because Jesse Winkers nicked up and it could be a serious injury, just because Scott Shevler's on the disabled list, I don't want the front office to let that impact what they're doing. I don't want the front office to say, oh, well, we need to hang on to Billy Hamilton because look at these injuries. No. This is the hard part of the rebuild, is finishing it. The hard part is finishing it, and they are, I think they're close-ish, but they're going to have to make some moves here, and whether it's between now and the trade deadline or this offseason. Painful decisions, decisions that fans aren't going to like, potentially. You wouldn't like it if they traded Russell Iglesias. I think, depending on the return, it would be the right move. I think, based on what I've seen in the trade market, Trading your closer right now could be worth it. Average fan might not think that. And that's what the front office, I get it. You can't ignore the fans. But you also can't manage or run your team based on making them happy. Because if that was the case, Matt Harvey would have an extension. Jim Regelman would have an extension. And a lot of people would have been on board and praised the Reds for those moves. Two moves aren't happening anyways. The Riggleman thing, I guess, could happen. He might get a contract at the end of the year after they interview him. He didn't get no extension this year. Not during the season, no way. Up next, I'm James Rapine, by the way. This is the Locked on Reds podcast. And up next, I want to discuss something that's very, very interesting. It was Homer Bailey's debut. I watched every pitch. 
I'll talk about it next on the Locked On Reds podcast. His debut. I mean his return. You know what I meant. And I'll talk about it next on the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm James Rapine. This is the Locked On Reds podcast. And, uh, well, Homer Bailey, he returned yesterday. And he pitched well. Six and two-thirds innings. Gave up a couple runs. All in all, a solid outing for Homer. uh, About as much as you could expect. And here's the thing that I worry about. Because I think Homer's going to get every opportunity to have success the rest of the year. Is there a path, and I'll just ask you this, just open-ended. Is there a path where the Reds don't add a legitimate, bona fide veteran or up-and-coming starter this offseason? I mean, I, I just look at where, they ha- where they're at. And Matt Harvey, you can scratch him off the list. He won't be around. But Homer Bailey's under contract. Homer Bailey's set to make a lot of money. It's going to be hard for them just to walk away from that. It is, as you're seeing now. So let's just pencil in Bailey. Let's say he pitches relatively well the rest of the season, for the most part. And they decide to keep him around and put him in the rotation, keep him in the rotation in 2019. Okay, so there's one. Sal Romano, Anthony DiScafani, Tyler Malley, Luis Castillo. And then let's just get cute, and I'll just throw him in there, Robert Stevenson. There might not be a, a path for this team to land that ace or said ace without trading one of these young players, without trading one of these young starters. And that's why if I'm the Reds, I'm certainly open to it. Like, if you remember back when they traded for Matt Latos, they included Edison Volquez, who was an all-star in 2008, really good, was the Reds' best pitcher in 2008, and was a veteran, established a solid pitcher, solid starter. Ended up pitching really well for the Kansas City Royals, not for the uh, San Diego Padres, the team he was traded to. But still, that's neither here nor there. But the reality is, is they included a lot. Imagine if you're the Reds saying, hey, we'll give you Robert Stevenson, we'll give you Sal Romano, and two prospects, you know, Taylor Trammell and whatever else, to get the ace this offseason. Is that enough? Bailey has no value. It seems like more and more that they want Bailey around. If they're willing to keep him around right now, why wouldn't they want to keep him around next year? If he's not a distraction, if they like his talent, if they're paying him anyways. So to me, there's a path where Homer Bailey's in the rotation next year, and to get one of the these aces that we've talked about, they're going to have to trade Sauramano. They might have to part with, and I don't want to part with him, Tyler Malley. I don't think they would part with Luis Castillo just because of his upside. See, I look at Malley a lot like a Mike Leak. Like a guy who's like third or fourth in your rotation, but you just know he can get you six innings any night you need him to. And Luis Castillo, I love him high upside. I want to keep him around. And I would love to see Robert Stevenson, but the Reds are low on him. In fact, I think they might trade him by the deadline. He continues to play well for AAA Louisville. And so, I don't know, man. Maybe they're just trying to build up his trade value and ship him out of town. Or maybe you want to include him in a package for an ace. I don't know if they can get an ace now. I don't think that makes sense. Who knows? Uh, If so, the one name I'd throw out there that's been in trade talks, right, that has been in rumors, uh, but it would be very expensive to do would be a guy like Jacob DeGrom. And he's 30 years old. Probably not the guy I would want 
He's 30, pitching very well, under contract for a couple more years, though. Team control. Like, it's not like you're paying him Homer Bailey money. So that's a guy wouldn't be at the top of my list. I would look for someone younger. But if the Reds are really trying to win in 2019, that's a guy that maybe they make a call on. That's a player they entertain. And if you're the Mets, getting back a Robert Stevenson, Sauramano, and Taylor Trammell in return, that might, and might, that might not be enough. But the reality is, is they might at least pick up the phone and listen. And so there, there's just a, another trade that I think is interesting. I just, to me, they have a lot of bodies starting pitching wise. They need to decide if Sal Romano is going to be here long term. They really need to decide the, the Homer Bailey thing, the, the Robert Stevenson thing. And maybe you're saying actions speak louder than words. Homer Bailey's up here. Robert Stevenson isn't it? Isn't that's fine. That means that they're going to ship Stevenson then, right? I mean, it's got to be one or the other. I mean, there's going to be an odd man out. Right now, it feels like it's Stevenson. So it'll be interesting to see. But uh, Homer Bailey yesterday was a, a nice return to the starting rotation. And I think it'll be very interesting to see how he does, if he can stay consistent. I remember the first five starts of the year for Bailey, he was pretty good. And so we will see how he fares uh, moving forward this year. By the way, let's get a, a update before I let you go on the Reds. As my ESPN app loads, it's loading right now as we're doing this podcast. And uh, let's see here. It's the end of the fourth. The Reds three. The Cardinals one. That's nice. Adam Duvall with a home run. So uh, the Reds now with a 3-1 lead over the Cardinals at the end of four innings. I'm James Erpine. We'll be back at it tomorrow for the Locked On Reds podcast. It's great to be with you. As always, make sure you follow on Twitter at James Rapine at Locked on Red. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and every single podcast posted at LockedOnReds.com. Have a great night. Hopefully the Reds can get win number 45. And until next time, I'm James Rapine. Thank you so much for listening today on the Locked on Reds podcast. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 